I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Rain Room Diminishing the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind in the business Got me stressed in the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca Sass in class, yes that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the rent room What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriter's Rant Room, where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, Chris? 2019. I guess we could have let Steve join in. He's heard the show. <laughs> I know, a few times. <laughs> he trying to be all quiet and shit. He know he loud. <laughs> Not as loud as you. Damn. I got the video. I seen you. <laughs> yes, I can be loud. <laughs> so y'all know how we doing on the show. <clears throat> on the show, we keep it real. Look, I'm about to go way back to the whole goddamn thing again. See what I'm talking about? This is your fault. Oh. My fault. It's your fault. I didn't do anything. <laughs> uh, so y'all know how we do it on the rant room on the show. We discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Lisa Bolakaj is out, but she will be back in a few weeks after Chris gets back from his trip, and then we'll all be here, you know, getting it in with y'all. Mm. His so, mysterious trip. <clears throat> Yeah. The mysterious. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about like, it. What's her name, Chris? What's her name? What that bitch name? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I'm teasing. Then we got my man in the house, Chris Derrick, writer, director, cinephile himself. What's up, Chris? I'm good. Yeah, you in a good mood? Yeah. Good. I like I was that. Just thinking about you know the other day I was thinking about um when we interviewed uh, Barry Jenkins. Oh yeah. You know, we just interviewed him on Saturday. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. For, the, for the Writers Guild podcast. Guild podcast. Yeah. Can't wait to listen to that. Yeah, it's, it's was, you know, <clears throat> something I didn't know about the movie. I didn't know he shot the movie with an Lexus sixty five. Oh, which is essentially okay. like he was shooting that movie in seventy millimeter. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it made sense. You know how we were listening to the Paul Thomas Anderson asking about the, the how, like how he does those close ups, mm-hmm. and he was like, oh, and I was telling him the lens, and he was like, well, is this? And I was like, the reason why. People like Paul Douglas Emerson, they envy that 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 close ups is the way the seventy millimeter like that 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 that, that glass is mm-hmm. it's, it's different. Like it just makes everything look a little different. It's kind of like shooting still photography with like a medium format because the frame is the same size. So you you get kind of a different look than if you were shooting. And and, and Paul talked about like it's hard to do. So that's why he was so impressed. It is hard to do. You know, have you seen it? Mm, no, I haven't seen it. it, it, it look, <clears throat> look, the the it, I remember um we're I talking think, about Bill Street yeah, for Bill the, Street, Bill Street. I mean, you know if if you listen to like uh David Fincher on like maybe Girl the Drag Tattoo commentary, mm-hmm. maybe it was on uh, social network he was saying or it might be the other way around that he was envious of steven soderbergh's inserts hmm. you know right. i was like wait a minute you i mean <laughs> it's, or, or, um it was either him or i think it was the other way around or, or maybe soderbergh was saying that on oh yeah soderbergh was saying it on ocean's 11 he was like yeah. hey david fisher knows these inserts and it's like yeah they're they're kind of tricky to do mm-hmm. um 
they're, you know, and Fincher with his backers as, as a commercial director, where you mm-hmm. got to get those right. But, you know, they'll spend all day right. getting one shot right. that they need, whereas you don't necessarily have that on a film. Mm-hmm. And, and therefore, if you can get that type of really nice kind of thing, um, it's a boon to you, you know? Mm-hmm. If you, and if you mm-hmm. go back and look at movies, uh, just go, how many close-ups do they have? And do they get them? And who's doing it? And mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. And, um, they're they're Chris is one of the people who thinks people overuse the close up. So when it's done right, like the way Barry did it, for example, yeah. it's impressive mm. to see it. Am I right? Yeah. Right? yeah. Oh, completely. <laughs> but just close ups in general are like I mean, you know, I was watching this thing the other day on um the, and you can jump in anytime yeah, you want. We yeah, have yeah, 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 yeah. The, right. the 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 editing <clears throat> process of because like I I got the DVD the Blu-ray for uh, Mission Impossible Five, mm-hmm. and not the latest one, but the one before that. And there's a segment on like the editing, mm-hmm. and it's like you know this is like a 170 day shoot, right? And they're talking about oh, their, that must be nice. I know. Right. Um, and and, and, and yeah, and they're talking about how. You know, they shot that scene in the opera house like early, early in the shoot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they were still shooting pieces of it all throughout the move, the whole process because, you know, they shot a certain amount of their own location and then they shot stuff on the, on a, on a stage in London. Mm. And you know, and he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, here we are on, on like the last day of shooting, and they're getting some of those inserts of like the guy picking up the flute that's uh-huh. the gun, right, and right, because right. the editor was like editing everything as they go, and he's like, oh, you know, we need another shot here. Mm-hmm. So, so they, do they have to send like second unit to go back? And no, just no, they're it? shooting it because it, you know, the, because you know, like that scaffolding was like was all like 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 built again on a green screen stage there in oh, London, okay. and so why so why Tom is doing the fighting sequence mm-hmm. A, a, mm-hmm. like one pot? There's another team like getting that." little shot that the editor wow, needed you know at the same time and it's just like the guy's hands moving the gun mm-hmm. and it's someone else's hands but it's like right. you know five right. people around it i was just like god it's like you know because yeah. it's so hard to they do the time right. you know yeah. and then they cut to the movie <clears throat> and you clip and you go oh yeah it's fucking seamless it looks mm-hmm. perfect all the right. lights reflections so because they have they have they have a, a way to do it they've worked it all out yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have yeah. the money that's right <laughs> yeah. the money. and the time <laughs> and the time <clears throat> 170 days. Something like that. That's a long that's like crazy. Well, you know, it's like, it's like I was telling you. How many months is that? Six, eight, Six, eight? Eight months mm. shooting eight, a movie. Eight mm. months, eight months. Yeah, eight months. Is that right? Eight, 20. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know. Fuck, that's not even seen. Like 30, 30. That's the kind of job you want. Imagine yeah, seven, that DP's yeah. check. Shit. Well, Everyone's check. I mean, that's the kind of job right. you want if you're a director. Right. Because then it's all about you. Right. Right. If you're a writer, you don't necessarily. I mean, you're right. you're probably not even on set. <laughs> well, it depends. You know. Well, Mission Impossible, the writer was a director, so oh, he's right, probably right, doing right, a lot right. of shit at the same time. <clears throat> yeah. But it's like you know, the, this, there's that whole thing I told you last time about the um, the scene in Mission Impossible Six, the scene where he jumps off the airplane, the, the, the halo shot. Mm-hmm. Thirty days to shoot that because because they because they, they only could shoot for one hour a day mm-hmm. to get it at the right light mm-hmm. and everything like that. Right. Wow, crazy. Yeah. Well, there That's you a go. Far cry from TV. <laughs> Look, <Right. laughs> seven day episodes, eight, nine. Just roll up in there quick. You're lucky if you get ten. Like you're yeah, lucky. Right. That's Look. fucking HBO. Oh. <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah. So if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get into the show. So today we got our big bro on the show, uh, Steve Harper, writer, producer, director himself. What's going on, Steve? I'm so glad to be here. It's been it's been long and it's coming. It's been a long time. <laughs> like, Look, since I left for, you <laughs> for a while. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Uh, at least two years. I know. We've been talking. At least we've been talking about it. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. I think so. 
Yeah, yeah. I felt it always felt like logistics, though. To me. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, well, you know, I'm always doing it on a on Sunday. Sunday. I'm going to church. Right, right. Whatever. And so Chris, Chris, and I just started like only in the last few months. We were like, it's a weekday. If we can get somebody, let's just right, do it. Let's just you know do what I mean? It. So yeah, yeah, sure. So it's worked. Yeah, and yeah. that's been really fun for me to to hear you, Chris, because I, you know, I've seen you both at like uh, WGA committee mm-hmm. black writers meetings and. You're all quiet in the meetings. I'm just like, I don't people guy. don't know this side right. of him, do they? He's yeah, just like funny. sitting there. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, and he's smart as on. fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed to say to meetings? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't know, but but here you sort of, you know, you've exploded. I mean, Definitely. as far as I know, I'm like, wow, listen to him. Yeah, as I listen week after week. So, uh, no, he's a great cool. asset, you know, because you know, I was doing the Writers Guild podcast. I, you know, they asked me to do a lot more, but I just don't always have the time. Right. <clears throat> so just re- since my show ended, I was like trying to make myself a little bit more available. Yeah. And between you and I, 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 I felt that some of the black people they were interviewing weren't getting the right questions asked sometimes. Right, sure. So I was like, let me handle those people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, um, and I was like, well, shit, you know, I'm just going to do it with Chris. Right. You know, he's in a guild, too, you know, so they can't use that excuse, you know, and we have a great dynamic. So I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to keep it. Yeah, it's good energy. So I'm happy to be in the good energy. Yes, of course. Well, yeah, we, we, you know, because the other day we met those guys. I mean, those. I think those guys didn't know. I mean, it's the, oh, the no, one they guy knew. didn't know. I think the. I think the one guy didn't know. Well, well he remembered me for the time I ran from the guild mm-hmm. for the board. Like, I don't oh, think he remembered you, yeah. but I had been mentioning yeah. in the, in, the, in the, our emails that you weren't CC'd on that you were going to be there with yeah. me because I said make sure mm-hmm. there's another mic for you. He knows. Oh no, I, I know that, but I'm saying right. in terms of like to who I was, like specifically right. who I was. When he saw me, he was like, "I remember you because you ran for the board." Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. I was right. like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> so, so how do they decide that they have just have a list of people they want to? Do, well, like they put out a, around. like about six months ago, maybe a little bit longer, they put out a a call. It was like in the diversity thing, like saying, you know, hey, we're looking for, you know, mm. we're going to have a day of teaching people how to, hmm. you know, be a host on the show if you guys are interested. Oh, cool. And only a few people came. Wow. Yeah. That's unbelievable. So we only have like two or three new people. Wow. That's it. Huh. Yeah. You'd think more people would want to do yeah, that, but sure. they don't. You know what? All I right. don't think people have, I think... This is something that I always kind of fear, not mm-hmm. fear, but just believe. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think a lot of writers just want to write. I think a mm-hmm. lot of the the, mm-hmm. the 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 larger aspects of it, of like producing shows, being like that kind of like, you know, uh, you know, that level of of activity. Right. It's not necessarily for them because mm-hmm. that's not, right. it's not it's not what they can. Well, they or, to or do. they think it's not for them, and it actually ends up being. I sort of feel like that's. It's the multitasking. It's the mm-hmm. hyphenate stuff that I mm-hmm. think really sort of makes a career. Uh, you know, the willingness to to stretch and say, "I'll do that. Right. I'll try that. I'll right. pick that up." Saying yes, I'll produce it myself. Mm-hmm. Saying yes, mm-hmm. you know, and collaborating with people. I feel like that's that's the whole ball game right. in a way. Right. So exactly. I yeah. mean, because I think people. <laughs> There's nothing that no one's that they're asking you to do as a as a writer producer or something like that that there's not a huge support network for right. you. Right. Yeah. So it's really hard to fall on your face. Right. Like they're not like it's very rare to ask the writer to come and direct the episode because maybe he, <laughs> he or she's never done that. Right. And, and then it, and that's different because because that there isn't really yeah, a support. There's no support mechanism for you right. if you if, if if you miss your days right. you miss your days. And, you know, and TV's yeah. moving really fast as we yeah. were saying before, so you can't really you, you know, can't, can't learn. Really it's mess it up. yeah no. yeah yeah. So, Steve, for the people who don't know you, let's go back, tell everybody where you're from and how you got into the game. 
Thespian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to our <laughs> back to the Meet days. Meet Shakespeare. Yes. Well, you I, know, it, when you were young, you're not a kid anymore. You know, back then. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> you're, gonna keep, you're gonna keep hitting on that, right? Hey, you know. <laughs> hey, hey. Um, yeah. You know. Um, yeah. I started out as an actor in this business, and I actually got my first agent when I was a senior in high school. Wow. Yeah, and that was. That was crazy. Right. That what was city were you in? Where you at? I'm from New York. Right. So I was born in Brooklyn, grew up on Long Island. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mother's a guidance counselor, which sort of ends up... After school? Not a, I was about not, to say, she's going, he out there just getting whippings all the time, <laughs> wasn't he? Well, no, my parents, they had a lot of you know high standards. And you know my mother's philosophy really was that in order to succeed in the world of white people, mm-hmm. you needed to get a really good education. Right. So that was her whole thing as a guidance counselor for right. my brother and me. And um, so she, I ended up going to this Quaker high school. Really? Sort of like, in New York? Well, across Long Island. So like a 45-minute bus ride to this school. Oh, my God. Just a handful of black people there. <laughs> but the whole idea was for, you know, was for me to get into a good college. Okay. So one day I'm on the bus, and there was a, a girl on the bus who was also from uh, Hempstead, which is where I grew up. And she had been going to this uh, performing arts center, and they wanted, the woman who ran it wanted guys to audition for TV stuff because they were, they were doing a lot of auditioning for TV stuff and they didn't have a lot of guys. And she mentioned it to me and I went in, I met the woman and I started taking musical theater classes and then sort of like within a bit, I got a, an agent Mm -hmm. and started auditioning for stuff. Uh, what's the first thing you landed? Uh, well, it was a long time, right? It was a long time. So I'm trying to think, what year are we in when you were in the, high school? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, what I, what I will say, I'm not going to put a year on it, but what, what I will say is... Uh, Steve, you a vampire. Don't even try it. Was it a commercial? Was it a commercial? Was it a TV? 1985. I knew that. And, you know... He's got the daguerreotypes going on. Oh, no. right. He's hanging around Alexander Hamilton, exactly. and I see you. <laughs> um, so I, I was auditioning for the Cosby Show. It was the first right. thing that they... Okay. You know, so it was, it was around that era. Got it. Uh, and I didn't, so I had this, so I had an agent through them all the way through the rest, you know, the last several months of high school, all the way through college. I didn't actually book anything till I got out of college. Mm -hmm. So it was, you know, four, four plus years of auditioning and just getting used to going Mm -hmm. into the room and, you know, trying to figure out how to do it. You know, it's a craft. It's totally a craft Mm -hmm. and auditioning is completely different from acting. So, um, yeah, so it took me a while. First thing I booked I think through them was there was some theater stuff, but the first thing I think was a it was a syndicated series called Monsters. Hmm. Uh, there was like a different monster every week kind of thing. Okay. Uh, you can find it out there. And I was on an episode uh, called My Zombie Lover that was written and directed by a guy named David Mish, who had been writing on a bunch of things. He's still around. He teaches and writes and does theater stuff. Mm-hmm. He had written on Mork and Mindy, really? and this was an episode um, where I played a zombie who comes back from the dead to court his high school sweetheart, <laughs> played by Tempest Bledsoe. Oh, really? Like, really? Yeah, so that was like the first thing that I got. And that was so, it was really, um, it was great and it was scary. Right. I mean, you know, it was like we shot it in, I don't know, three days, five days, something mm-hmm. like that, uh, on this soundstage in Queens and um, super fun. And I, you know, I had all this zombie makeup on mm-hmm. and at one point my ear falls off and, you know, <laughs> this sort of crazy comedy. So, so, uh, yeah, so that was the first thing. That's cute. Yeah. It was, it was fun. It was really fun. Uh, and then I started doing, uh, did some theater, did a bunch of theater, mm-hmm. uh, and then, um, moved to Baltimore. Um, I met, uh, I met my late partner and we moved to Baltimore cause he was from around, 
he's from York, Pennsylvania. So right. we moved to Baltimore, kind of be close to his family. And there I hosted a kid show for a bunch of years on the Fox affiliate, mm-hmm. uh, on the Fox, Fox 45 Clubhouse. Really? The name of the show. Hosting yeah. a child show. Yeah. It was, you know, <laughs> we, did, we, did, we did puppets and <laughs> we uh, hosted telethons. We had a magazine. We would appear in malls. Uh, and it was amazing because I had done a lot of theater, but this was the first time I got to, you know, we were both writers on the show and co-producers on the show okay. and hosts. So I was getting show. you ready for so, what you was going to yeah, do later. for That's all funny. of it. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, you know, my brain exploded. Like, I just didn't know it was really, and it was really hard, but I didn't know that it was possible to sort of do, to feel that creatively connected, mm-hmm. you know, to, to come to the, to the other producers and say, Hey, let's do this, or let's go here and talk to these people at this school, or mm-hmm. let's make up a new puppet and I'll do the voice and let, mm-hmm. you know, it was just awful. I'll do the voice. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I could be Frank Oz over here. That's right. <laughs> new voices. And the idea was that we, it was me and this other guy, Kenny Curtis, who's, who works now for, uh, XM, Sirius XM radio. Um, and, uh, he does a bunch of stuff over there, but the idea was that we were these two guys who hung out in this treehouse, mm, mm. and uh, and yeah, and we with a bunch of puppets, and mm-hmm. you know, and then occasionally people would stop by, and we'd do interviews and all this stuff. So it was cool. How long did you do that? Uh, I was on that show for two years. That's a good, that's a good and, amount. Uh, and you were producing and writing. Yeah, that's, right. that's a good muscle. Yes, it was a good muscle, <laughs> and it was actually interestingly enough was uh, Fox Forty Five is a station that's owned by the the. Um, the Smith family, who's that's the Sinclair Broadcasting Group, mm. you know, oh, who shit. are like right now, right, mm-hmm. notoriously conservative <laughs> uh, broadcaster people, and uh, they had a couple of stations at the time, and we were sort of like the first, uh, one of their first sort of flagship things. Right. So that that in and of itself was a real trip, because I came from, uh, you know, I'd come from New York and done some stuff, and these guys were. Um, they were nice to us in general, but they mm-hmm. were totally sort of low rent, right. like no nonsense. Mm-hmm. You know, they had all given business, us, yeah. all business. They yeah. they'd given us a contract, <clears throat> me and Kenny, and we had, you know, I'd gone to an, uh, a lawyer, and he had an agent, and they sort of counter, you know, sort of did this kind of counter to it, and and we got called into the office. Really? Yeah. And they were like, they were like, sit down. <laughs> like, how dare yeah. you? Yeah. They were like, you look, ungrateful black people. Exactly. Well, how I was black. He was not black. Dare you? But you know, he they said to us, this is the salary, and you either take it or leave it. You're either here doing this or you're out. Wow. Like all this stuff, like you know, this stuff like. You know, getting off for holidays, or mm-hmm. they were like, N- none of this. Wow. No, getting off for holidays. Well, you know, like if there was a special event, the whole notion was that we wanted to like negotiate something special mm-hmm. if we had to work on a New Year's Day or a Christmas Eve right. or a host a thing, you know, and they were like, no, this is it. Hardball. Yeah. They so two years ball. later, <clears throat> the reason I left the show was two years later, um, they had, they became all about their news program. And, uh, and the Fox 45 News at 10, and I think there was a News at 5 as well. I think their news programs there are still on to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, in fact, there's a guy whose name I can't remember. It's so funny because when I'm listening to you guys at mm-hmm. home and I'm like, oh, what do you mean they can't remember? Like, what is that? But here I am. I can't remember the name of this guy. <laughs> That's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> right? But there was a guy who was a um, sports videographer mm-hmm. who now is uh, – who became one of the hosts of Entertainment Tonight. Like, mm-hmm. now he's like – 
you know, and, and then he was just sort of carrying around a camera. That's funny. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, so they had, had the news and the news became all the rage and we were working really hard. Mm-hmm. We were appearing at, you know, at malls and working weekends and signing autographs and, mm-hmm. you know, the, we had a membership club that sort of went through the roof. Anyway, bottom line is secret decoder ring. With the- <laughs> no secret decoder ring. No. <laughs> that came later. <clears throat> that came after the show. No, but, um, the, the bottom line was we had, our executive producer had arranged for somebody to like refurbish our treehouse set hmm. and uh, and sort of add some stuff to our set and all this and rebuild it and take it across because there was a new station building across the street. And on the day we were supposed to move it, um, my the executive producer's boss said, you know, we don't have money for that. So you get your hosts hmm. and a screwdriver. And you take that thing apart and you carry it across the street yourself. Wow. And there I was, you know, carrying the set, parts mm-hmm. of the clubhouse, the thank, tree. Thank God you come from theater. So you've done that <laughs> I was before. like, uh, I didn't, I'm not here for this. And that day I thought, okay, I'm, I'm done with right. this. This is, this is way too low rent. Mm-hmm. Like, what? I got no money. A screwdriver. Thank God, no money to, to hire someone to come. Hey, ain't I mean, no crew, right? no nothing. There's nothing. no crazy. Like, there's no Home Depot to go to and hire someone. I mean, <laughs> hey, can y'all come? Crazy, crazy. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah. So I left that. And no, I, I love these hardship stories. These yeah. are good. These well, are good. it was like it, I just knew I had to go. Right. I thought, you know, in some ways, I thought to myself, like, it does. The industry gets bigger than this, but not better than this. Like, right. I'm doing all these things that I love that are mm-hmm. great, and I'm worth more. Yeah. You know, doing all these things like this. is These are really great skills, but not to be sort of, you know, taken for granted. And it's, it's funny because, you know, I, I was acting since I was 12 until I was 30. Wow. 30 I didn't to 31. You didn't see my eyes and be. Anyway. Um, and, and, I and I just not looked at the bottom because, you know, I've seen your IMDb. Why you got to be scrolling way down there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. And um, I was. A working actor since I was 12 years old. From so I'm theater and videos. Mm. I've been on tour with rappers and singers wow. and stuff. I've done all that. And <clears throat> when I started getting TV roles, I would be like, you know, the best friend to, right. let's just say, like Lorenz Tate. Right. <laughs> you know, and they yeah. fly him in, the guest star on the yes. episode. And in a, in, a, in a role that I could have played, I'm yes, not saying I'm Lorenz, but you know my point. I do. And so I, after doing three or four of those, what they bring Omar Epps, they bring mm-hmm. High Fiverr, they bring somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is some bullshit. I need right. to get to L.A. And where was this? San Francisco. Okay. Where, where they're not just hiring us cheaply. Yes. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, we're only on for four days, so we'll call you a day player. I'm like, right. shouldn't I be a guest star on this thing, too? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I hear My you. ego was Four days, you should, yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah. no, you're just co-starring. I was like, some bullshit. Anyway, so eventually I moved, and um, the, 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 so I was wondering for you, coming from Baltimore, moving to L.A., was, it a, was there anything you were dealing with with, with and I think that the show you were talking about actually pushed you in the same way. It's like mm-hmm. I knew I was better than this. Yes, I right. knew I wanted yeah. more. Well, one of the interesting things I thought about living in Baltimore too as an actor was, you know, when I <clears throat> when I left the show and started doing exclusively theater or mostly theater, or trying to do theater, uh, all of the major theaters and this happens all over the country were mm-hmm. hiring people who were out of New York. Right. And I was like, well, I'm from New York. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know? I know what and I've worked is. professionally. So. <laughs> but, you know, they wouldn't look at me at all. So, yeah. so again, with this sort of idea in mind from my mom and like the whole notion of uh, education, I thought, well, I'm going to go to drama school. Mm. You know, I'm going to up my game that way. And so uh, I applied to a bunch of schools. I ended up going to the American Repertory Theater Institute 
for advanced training at Harvard. It's a long uh, title. Damn. It's a two-year conservatory program, and I did that. And uh, Up in Boston? Is that what up, it is? Yeah, in Cambridge, yeah. And, uh, and I learned a no, bunch. you can't say Cambridge. I was in Cambridge. Cambridge. <laughs> up in Cambridge. No, no, no. no, no, no. He previously graduated from Harvard Academy. He's going to raise his pinky as he's taking that, he's no, drinking no, that tea. Let me get no, that no. done. <laughs> right. um, so I did that and then, you know, came out of there and started doing a lot of regional theater, which was cool. But I got tired of living out of a box. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just going from one, you know, I was in Cincinnati, and then I would go to, you know, uh, Minneapolis, and then I would go to West Virginia. And it was mm-hmm. just like, I don't want to be, I'd rather be home, right. you know. Uh, I'd rather be working from home. I'd rather have a job that feels simpler and that doesn't require me to sort of not be, you know, in one place all mm-hmm. the time. See, you know, I, I find um, I, th- I find the life of, like, <clears throat> regional theater very fascinating in a certain way hmm. because I just don't know how it like stays around. I think it's so hard to find the, the, the financial resources to do it. Yeah. The talent, like if, once the talent just begins to start getting some notice, they're like, I need to go to New York, LA. I ain't doing this no more. Or I need right. to go to like Chicago. Well, a lot of their sponsorships are like, um, people from the, you know, uh, I hate to say the older community. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. The, and and people who actually have some money. Yeah. You know, so they could sustain their, you know, $5,000 a year that 400 people pay for, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. to do yeah. four shows a year or whatever the hell. And I think it's difficult, you know? too, because what we do in America, for better or for worse, I think usually for worse, is we keep recycling these classics. Mm-hmm. You know, we keep recycling, like, Glass Menagerie. Right. And, that was one of my yeah. first shows. Right. Yeah. And those aren't bad plays, mm-hmm. but ultimately... You don't have a lot of black people in those places, right? right? So if you're trying to build a, Cersei, a career, that's it. Not right? played Cersei, exactly. Right. So if you're trying to, yeah, right? So if you're trying to build a career in theater, and there are some, obviously, there. You know, people are doing August Wilson, people mm-hmm. are doing uh, Katori Hall, right. people are doing all kinds of things right. now. Uh, but back but, then, you back, almost you had to go to the black repertories right. or whatever those exactly. were. You know? And also, like how many theaters? A theater might do like one black play right. in a season of right. five plays. Everybody did Fences. Everybody right. doing right. That's right. Hey, well, you know, yeah. again, you know, I was reading this, I'm reading this really fascinating is um, an interview with August Wilson, and he's talking about this, <clears> talking <throat> about how he he had to kind of he. You know, he's no longer with us. You do know that. It's a it's a reprint. Yeah, okay. I'm just checking. Yeah, it's a reprint. Because <laughs> you're like, he's, he was, he's talking about... He called him. He was having a phone call. No, it's, it's a reprint. It's, uh, it's, it, well, I'm I said to people all the time, because it really changed the way I write, is the Parish Review. Great magazine, and if you get the subscription, then you could get to go online, and they have all their archives going back to the 50s oh, wow. for for all the stories, all the interviews. And to me, the thing that really like clicked me onto that is... I was following them on Twitter for some reason and they talk and there's these things called the art of fiction or the art of drama or mm-hmm. the art of poetry or the mm-hmm. art of memoir and they just find these people and give them these great interviews. Mm-hmm. And I, just, I remember the first one I clicked on was reading was Salman Rushdie. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this shit's online, these guys, because, mm-hmm. you know, and the current one I'm reading is on August Wilson. He just was saying about like how he decided to do this, you know, this, the, the, that black theater in Pittsburgh. Mm. He says, there, 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 there wasn't mm. one. Mm. And he needed to like work hard to get it done and is making no money. And mm-hmm. he's like, he's living in a room and house and mm-hmm. telling some story about how some people knew he was writing plays early on when he was still writing by hand and someone stole a typewriter what? and couldn't sell it. And they said, Hey, you should go to August. Cause he's, he's a writer. And, mm. and they brought him a stolen typewriter. Wow. He's like, well, yeah, all right, I'll buy it. And he said, I give, 
give them no money. I gave them the eleven dollars I didn't have, That's and then I would pawn it to eat. And then when I got money back, wow. I'd take it out of the shop. And I was wow. like, "What? Wow. The? It's just crazy." And I'm just like, "How do the regional theaters exist?" But I bring it up because you know. Um, Carol Channing died today, who was black, by the way. People didn't know she was black. Yeah, she's like 97 or something like that. Father was black. What? Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, she found out like kind of later in life, like when she was maybe in my friend Harlan okay. was her PR rep in like really? her teens yeah. or something, like teens or twenties. She found out she was black, but she had to keep it quiet because you know she went over to work. But she was saying this interesting thing. She was, that is an interesting yeah, story, right? An yeah. icon. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Wow. Like that. See that? I'd like to write. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I like that. Take um, it. I'm gonna was, call Harlan. As a matter of fact, you should. You should. <laughs> yeah, you should. Mm-hmm. But she was saying that 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 theater. Because of the immediacy of it, mm-hmm. it'll never go away. Mm-hmm. There's that experience yes. of it is like you is yeah like that Absolutely. is what keeps it. So even if you do re- like recycle these plays like the National Matter, whatever <clears throat> it is, the experience can be different. Yes. But I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like like there should be new stuff. I mean, I, and I think for me the, the the motivation became after you know after living for you know doing decades of theater like mm-hmm. from from high school to college to graduate school and then professionally, I was kind of like well. There's other stuff I want to do that I want mm-hmm. to be in. And here's the other thing that I thought was really interesting. For whatever reason, I couldn't, I never got cast in an August Wilson play. Mm, what? Like I, I, I wasn't, I think what I make up is that I wasn't seen as urban enough. That's true. To oh, play right. those characters, you, you right? Were, you're so, a little well-spoken, so, so, though. <laughs> a little, little bit. <laughs> One of them edumacated brothers. I mean, I mean, I mean, he, I mean, he's not sounding like he could play Boy Willie, exactly. so, you know, I don't know. And here's the irony. It's not, it's not that I can't I always got cast in those, right? right? See? So, so what funny, but then they meet then, me, and I'm not that at all. Right. So, so, so then what you have even then is, like, you have this sort of segment that kind of opens up that, that also didn't feel, like, welcoming to me. Right. Mm. like, well, I can't get... I can't get those parts either. So where am I? Where can I be? Where can I work? Right. Mm. You know, how can I show up in something that I haven't, you know, done before? Mm-hmm. Speak and, on it. Speak yeah. on it. Yeah. And so, so that became, you know, well, I'm going to write it. Like I, that's the only thing I, you know, I'm, I'm going to create my own stuff, right. and I'm going to stop waiting to sort of fulfill somebody else's mm-hmm. dream of what I can do, and I'm going to decide what it is I do. Mm-hmm. You know, and that became sort of like the revolution of me creating my own stuff because it just felt like out of necessity. Uh, in order to, to put out an imprint and do stuff right. that I thought was fun and different and challenging, that that's what I needed to do. Right. So, well, I think that's smart. I, th- I think that's the thing. Like that's the the um, that's the move that a lot of people should do. It's the pivot because yeah. you, right. if you're not being cast, I mean, I met this woman. She's Filipino. She's from like um, Orange County. We were talking yeah. at this is at Jeff's play mm-hmm. the day. She was like, "Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. up here, and I used to do theater, and now I'm writing." And I was like, "Well, I was like, why?" She was like, "Because I can't get cast anything if right. I'm Filipino." Exactly. Right. And I always like, "Oh yeah, they're so strict on that. It's right. like not. It's not even. You know, to me, I'm 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 always kind of interested in these. You know, there's that one of the things that really clicked to me about theater, about how fascinating it could be, even if you do a, a classic, mm-hmm. is Orson Welles' his, his Macbeth, because right, right. mm-hmm. he said it in Haiti, and mm-hmm. with all black cast, right. and I was like, fuck, that's cool, because you mm-hmm. get to tell yeah. that story, right. you know, and then there's that, you know, there's that really cool, you know, the, the converse in that is, is Kurosawa's Throne of Blood, which is Macbeth in Samurai Japan, mm-hmm. and it's fucking cool as shit, mm-hmm. too, right. um, because you take the, nu- yeah, you take the nuances <laughs> of that culture, mm-hmm. yeah. and then you just apply it to the psychology of what's happening to yes. those people. But then again, what you're talking about, though, is you're talking about, for better or worse, right, these great white artists choosing to open this door right. that then those that then certain people can work in and and it's like well you're either gonna because i did my i sort of 
certainly did my own my own share of like non traditional casting stuff. Like I did a lot right. of plays where the parts weren't black mm-hmm. parts, but you know, and so that's great. But can you make a living at that? Right. No, you know, or is that oh, going to no. be like every now and then? That's or like maybe like, a, like a couple times a decade kind right. of exactly. Thing, you know? And so it's like 20, 20 years ago. It was yes, like not right. right. So what right. are you going to do at mm-hmm. some point? You know, you can't just sit around and wait for those, or just do. I mean, if you love Shakespeare, I guess you can do a bunch of Shakespeare. But even that right. felt uh, Shakespeare is brilliant, and there was also something that sort of felt artificial and frustrating about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, wait, I, the only the way that I'm going to work is I got to do this like highfalutin language <laughs> and like work twice as hard to kind of get it in my brain and soul right. and, and, and mouth. And, you know, it just felt like this is, I, it's, there should be something mm-hmm. that is simpler and more direct, direct connection to my soul and my right. heart, you know, and that's, that's true. That's when I started writing. That's true. I mean, I mean, I, I, ho- I, ho- I ho- wholeheartedly agree with you because you do want to be able to say what's your voice, what's your experience. But still, I think there's always this kind of weird notion to me that some people think that, that that black theater is not accessible to anybody else. Right. Mm -hmm. But if it works, it works. Yeah. That's, that's to me the thing. And it's like, if you, if you watch like, like this is, this is the guy, his name before is, it's like, I married Baraka now, but, oh, he had, yeah. but he had a pre- right. previous name before that. I can't remember what it was. Le- was it Leroy yeah. Jones? Leroy, Leroy Jones. Jones? That's yeah. Right. yeah. He was the D- Dutchman. Dutchman. Yeah. And it's just like, he's telling a story that's yeah. like, it, it's so palpable. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, right. that's just, it's the, it's the crime with it, you know? Can I ask you a question, Steve? Yeah. Personal question, if you don't mind. So we're talking about um, like black theater and all that stuff like that. How do you, I'm asking because I'm asking myself sometimes. Right. Right. As a black gay man, mm-hmm. right? Queer man, whatever you call it. I don't know yeah, what you right. call it. Okay. Kids today call themselves queer. I'm like, okay, we hated that word back <laughs> right. in the day. But anyway. <laughs> right. You're going to have it. <laughs> right. Anyway, so, so what, is it, what was it like for you coming up as a black gay man, though, mm-hmm. you know, in this industry? You know, I'm Because uh, I don't always get a chance to ask anybody yeah. because we don't have right. three of us in the front. <laughs> you know what I mean? Me, you, and Ben, Corey Jones. I don't know. Right. Patrick Ian Polk, you know. Right. There's yeah. a few of us, you know. Uh-huh. So, so um, yeah, that's my yeah. question. Um, you know, it felt like an extra layer of something to navigate, you Mm -hmm. know, like when am I, when am I, when do I feel comfortable enough to be transparent about who I am Mm -hmm. and when, when am I not going to do that? Because kind of the rule in theater, at least at the time, and maybe it's changed, maybe it hasn't, is that, you know, straight plays, straight people. Right. You know, musicals, you've got a lot of gay people. Right. Right. And then that's not always the case. Yeah. But I would find myself as like the only gay person in a straight play <laughs> and be like, mm, well, how, how do I, how do I, how do I traffic in, in right. this space? Mm-hmm. You know, do I come out? When do I come out? How do I come out? Uh, and um, yeah. And, and also, the you know, the sort of oddly, um, I guess I want to call it codependent feeling that if I come out, mm-hmm. And it's a straight play where I'm like getting married to this woman right. on stage right. or the son of these people. Like, is my personal humanity gonna adversely impact the connection totally with these strangers that. who are right. trying to, we're trying to create this illusion of being mm-hmm. somebody? Mm-hmm. And I've certainly had, uh, you know, I remember specifically in college being in a play um, where uh, there was a woman. Uh, it's a very interesting play called Family Portrait. Hmm. Um, and uh, Beverly Smith Dawson, I believe, is the playwright, who was a, um, she was a 
Yale drama school grad and uh, I was an undergrad at Yale. So I was like working on this play and, and there was, the play was about abuse and I played the father and there was this whole thing around, you know, the father uh, has this inappropriate relationship with his daughter and the woman playing the daughter at one point, I think we were chatting or having, getting ready to have lunch or something. And she Mm -hmm. said to me, she was, and this was, you know, we were young, this is college, but she was like, I don't want to, she was like, I don't want to hear anything about your life. That's going to, you know, ruin my thing in the play. Like she like put that out. Like she a method like, actress. Yeah, shit, or right? something. She was just like, don't you know? If we have lunch, don't right. t- tell me too much about you or something. Huh. That sounds like, that's wow. fascinating. I got to carry that now. Jesus, yeah. that's like, oh, see, that's really wild because it's, I'm kind of like, that's one of these things I love to do if I have the chance with actors on movies. It's like if I know you have a relationship, mm-hmm. I want you guys to hang out. Mm-hmm. Like on my dime, if I can't afford it, right, right, you know, and uh, build, uh, yeah, so that it feel mm-hmm. real, feel real. Like you, you guys know about each other. You right, guys can, right. so that it because it, it'll come across. Mm-hmm. And, yes. if, and if and if and if I keep you at arm's length, in because of that, then, yes. but then it's going to come across Absolutely. in the play. That's going to come across. It's like I don't want really to know. You know, like let's just keep our yeah. armor up, and then yeah. and and then right. that energy that you got to exchange to make that connection feel real to the audience is really manufactured mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah, that's right. I mean, and I think it's really, uh, I think it can be not always, but it can be particularly challenging. Uh, you know, I think we as black people, mm-hmm. you know, have sort of a history of, you know, there's some, there are obviously a ton of cool <laughs> black people around yeah. sexuality, mm-hmm. and there are. A ton who are not for religious reasons or <laughs> probably more reasons or whatever, right? <laughs> so, in fact, a, I wrote a play called Blackout Stories, which mm-hmm. is basically uh, sort of like a documentary theater piece that I, I kind of wove into this. Um, it's sort of embedded in this uh, fictional narrative, but but I interviewed all these black people about coming out, mm-hmm. you know, and to see what their experiences were, and it was you know it was kind of fifty fifty. Mm-hmm. There were some people who were kicked out of their homes, who were mm-hmm. sort of chastised, sort of you know on a religious basis, and. You know, it's just really interesting to kind of see how, what that's like. Like, you know, in modern times, this right. is not something that has right. disappeared in the 20th no, century. No, no, no. I mean, yeah. I, I, I think <clears throat> that's a layer to black culture that um, it's not explored enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that people, right. people, people in our community know it, mm. but I don't know if it's really known by the people outside. I mean, you know, it's hard enough to come out. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. Yeah. But then you know that now I have this, there's like these these uh, additional set of like external pressures that I got to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. How do I navigate it? What do I want? What do I want to say? What do I want to not say? Right. And, and I think as, as we start to move into your writing, <clears throat> the reason why I, why I was thinking about it is the older I get, and we were just talking about it on the previous episode, mm. that... That like a lot of people, like I've had some people approach me about writing a book, and I think I mentioned this at our last meeting. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about how, um, when you heard me say this many times, I would probably write a book on surviving Hollywood over 40, mm-hmm. you know, if right. I were to write a book. Right. <clears throat> because where I was in my 20s and 30s is not where I was in my 40s. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm so much better now. I'm so much right. grounded, so much more mature. Isn't that great? So, it's so you know fun. I mean? All that, and, and, and I have no regret of not getting the success I yes. thought I wanted yes. in my 30s or whatever agree. none yeah you know what i mean right. none at all and and so 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 i'm always encouraging people that you know um you get older and you get more mature you yes. get better every time you write a script 
it's a different script. It's That's a different right. you. That's right. Who you were last year is not the same. It's not the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. We were just talking about that recently. Your scripts you wrote two years ago are not the same anymore. Well, yeah, you I mean, know? I think with the, 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 again, another social crime in Hollywood is, is that it's so rare to find someone who's in their 20s or even their early 30s who really knows, like, the nuances to explain a story and have right. it really work. Right. It's just that the people who are able to talk to the kids and make them like stuff are, you know, those people who are, who, who are perennial kids themselves, mm-hmm. but they're old enough to be aware about, oh, this is what kids would like. This is what I would like. This is what I, right. this is what I didn't like. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think, just to go off topic just for a second, I mean, like, as the movie called Ready Player One, Mm-hmm. He had a guy who was like 73 who's directing this movie. Now, as much as people don't... That's how old Spielberg is? Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you don't realize that because he's, right. he's so infectious right. and he plays the youth really well and yeah. he understands mm-hmm. that because he's he's that Peter Pan type of person. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's why he's... That's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. why his, his, his movies... But that movie, it I, you know, if you liked it, you didn't like whatever it is, there's still like this kind of feeling of like wonder to it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what it's like. Well, shit, man, that's, the, you know, like right. he's 73, still has that. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, but with someone without his, like, I mean, most other directors who are getting 73 are not even maybe thinking of doing that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or they feel like I can't do that anymore because mm-hmm. I've aged out of that and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. But I'm a like, grown ass yeah, man. Yeah, I'm grown right. to do that shit. <laughs> but, you know, but it's like, but fuck, man. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think, I think the age thing is a real, I think it's a real problem that people like like think it's a a like a barrier. Again, mm-hmm. it's the same thing I was saying when we were talking with Ayana the other day. Mm-hmm. That, um, you know, like she did the, the she's a showrunner on the the next season of the upcoming season of The Shy, mm-hmm. and she said that one of her themes was she wanted to <clears throat> explore the four dimensions of black manhood. Mm. Like, wow, you know that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. which is great because because the characters are all like young, yeah, right. but kind of they, yeah. they kind of map that. Mm-hmm. But then she said, "Yeah, but seven of my ten directors are women." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "See, mm-hmm. you know, the barriers just like people putting them up for no reason." Because right, right, right. I said there, and I took it. I was like, oh, "What was that like?" She was like, "I didn't realize I did that." I was like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. because it worked, and you knew right. that it worked, and yeah, it shouldn't be an impediment, you know." Yes, that's right. But it is, yeah. mm-hmm. and I just feel like you know, it feels like there's a there was just another impediment mm-hmm. that you were having to deal with. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think there's something about. Uh, you know, you you talked to Hilliard about mm-hmm. this whole idea of like, you know, getting to like the real shit. You mm-hmm. know, and I think there's something about about all of us finding the ways to mine like that real stuff. Like the, right. the things that I write, I feel like I write them because they keep me up at night, or I'm like I'm having nightmares about them, or mm-hmm. I can't get over blah blah blah, or how come this always happens, or right? right? And those things are like my personal things. Mm-hmm. If I bring those onto the page, then I'm I feel like I'm guaranteed to write something that nobody's right. ever seen before. And you write things that make people think, and we'll get into those things. Yeah, okay. But you know you. what I mean? And that's yeah. that's one of the things that I appreciate. You know, when we get into your web series and like all that. Yeah. So let's let's just jump a little bit. You were starting okay. to say so you got forced to start to write. Yeah. So did you immediately start writing? Play I started writing plays, yes. Mm-hmm. And, I originally and what I started, got you out to L.A., too? Okay, so originally <clears throat> I started writing plays because I wanted to write plays that I could be in. And, right. and I actually, I've been in readings of my plays, mm-hmm. but I, and I think until my web series, I, I hadn't actually, oh, actually, no, I made a short film in 2006 that mm-hmm. I was in 
that I had a small part in that I also directed. Um, but for the most part, many of the things that I wrote that I was like, this is for me, I'm going to do right. this, I, I didn't end up doing. Oh, really? You know, it ended up like serving some other purpose <laughs> and being like a sample for, you know. Yeah. So that hasn't always happened, but that was really the goal. It was like, mm-hmm. let me try to do this right. and let me try to speak to some of the stuff that I'm dealing with that I don't see. <laughs> I just want to say, it's, it's funny. I started my production company to focus on doing my projects mm. and two of my projects in everybody still going dude you're really good can you do mine <laughs> right. and all of my shit got pushed away and 26 projects yeah, later here right. i am doing you know what yes I mean? right. i've done like two of my own or something wow. it's great wow. but god i'm sorry but it's great i'm you know yeah. i'm so excited for you that oh you're, yeah things are great you're like popping and locking this. yeah man hey yeah. brother just <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> turn it like, all on now ah <laughs> 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 oh. Craft oh. <laughs> <laughs> work came out like boom. Right. Wow. Like, wow. Um, yeah. So, go ahead. Yeah. So, so just you know, that's what I started doing, and then and then because I was acting at theaters, I would mm-hmm. begin to get readings of plays at theaters, right. and then start to get feedback that way. And that was also a really interesting thing because at first, as an actor moving into the writing space. I felt like that was difficult too for mm-hmm. me to get taken seriously as a writer, mm-hmm. you know, and how much, I mean, there's so much, I think, attention and energy that needs to be focused on, you know, we, we Chris was talking about like this, the industry is so much about perception, right. you know, how people see you and what they, what they see you as and when they see you no, and if they see you. It's always about it's perception. It's always about perception, right? <laughs> Let's be real. Right. So, so it became, uh, there was a period of time when I was writing and where the acting was still in the driver's seat and mm-hmm. there wasn't that much traction in the writing space, right. you know, and then I had to, I had to really change that up. I, you know, eventually went to playwriting school. Um, really? Yeah. Because I was like, I need to, I want to shake it up again. And you know, my mm-hmm. mother's voice in my head again yeah, about yeah. the education. <laughs> you know, I let's, got my education. Right. Let's, let's get some edu- education <laughs> up in here. I just want to say something real quick. I mean, that's something that I think people fail to do is to continually educate yourself mm-hmm. in, even in the field that you're successful yes. in or that you're making strides in. Right. Especially in entertainment, I feel like it's all about reinvention. And how are you going to reinvent Always. yourself, right? You, what's the engine for your reinvention? Right. Like, is it that you're going to create something for yourself? Is it that you're going to, you know, get an office on the lot? Is it that you're going to start a production company? Mm-hmm. Is it that you're going to, you know, write a web series or write a, you know, a digital comic? Mm-hmm. Or what are you going to do? You're going right. to just start doing stand up. You're going to start doing one person shows. You're going to, what are you going to do? Right. Audio books, like do something. And, and you're right. And because, and I don't know how you guys feel about this. I was saying on, on the last podcast, I am the nicest guy in Hollywood, but I'm also a dick, <laughs> right? And here's, there are, there are things that bring my dickness out, if there are, okay. right? And here's an example. So, for example, I don't have a lot of respect for somebody who's like, I'm just an actor in 2019. Right, yes. I'm like, no, but you got to do something else. Right. You will never get to where you need to go if that's all oh, you're doing. All you do. Fucking produce something else yeah, right. that shows me you are living in today. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because, because, because that's where we're going now. And, and Chris knows I'm one of those people that I have a hard time with. Let me tell you a quick story. I know, I know we talk about no, you, no. but we all, you know, there's a rant room. Okay. That's what we do. Of course. It's a trip. So there was a few years ago, um, um, you know, I'm the vice chair of the education committee, too, yep. of the Writers Guild. Right. <clears throat> so a few, probably like five years ago, I was sitting in there. I got there early, and I was just kind of scrolling through my phone, just looking at something. And there were three 
um, older white guys having a conversation, and all of them were complaining about all these different um, mm. um, executives if they've been meeting, and you know they're all like showrunner level. There's some big writers, right? Right. And they all were complaining. Oh, this thirty year old freaking blah 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 blah. And they're all over fifty, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And there's oh, I don't have. How am I supposed to you know have a conversation with thirty year old? I, what, ah. what the fuck do they know? And it was all dogging. Wow. Them. Right, wow. and I just sat there in my thing, going, "Y'all pitiful," like in my head, right? <laughs> so why did one of them have to turn and go, "Hilliard, you know what I'm talking about, right?" Oh, <laughs> I looked, Bing. and you know me, Chris. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and I just went, I went, "You really want to know what I think?" And he said, "Oh yeah, absolutely." Like he just knew right. I was going to be like, "Oh," and bubble. And I said, "Well, here's the problem I have with people over 50." Uh oh, that's where I started. Wow. I was going to say white people over 50, but I started with people over 50. (laughs) Here's the problem I have. And you know, my fucking husband is over 50. But here's the the problem I have is I said, I said, I said, here's the problem I have with people over 50. You guys have an old mentality, Mm. right? I'm the type of guy that, for instance, I know that I'm going to be meeting, my agent's going to be sending me to all these different people. More than likely, out of the 30 people I go on my little water yeah. tour with, 20 of them are probably going to be under 30. Right. Young, so young I'm the type of dude, as I'm preparing to get ready to go, right. I'm literally scrolling through Instagram to see what's the hottest of shit. Of course. That's right. I'm turning on the, the, the pop station every morning that's right. and letting it you're blast your out. And you're looking at you feel me? Facebook profile. Of course. I'm seeing totally what's it. going on. So right. when I walk into the office. You're ready. And see something that relates to yes. something that I had a conversation that, or that yeah. I just research on. I can talk to them, right? So now, I think that in some ways, though, this gets back to so, something we were talking about before, and something we haven't talked about, right. which is that I feel like as black people, we spend. I've spent my life as a student of white people, right? So I Speak know, on it. right? So I know how to traffic <laughs> right. in that world right. because I've studied it, not right. because it's entirely me. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's the same. But we thing live with, in their world, live, exactly. They don't so, have to live in ours, right? And so it's the same <laughs> right. thing with people who are younger than I right. am. It's the same thing with people who are like. I have learned, we have learned to be students of right. a culture that may or may not be ours and then figure mm-hmm. out how to sort of meld ourselves into it. Mm-hmm. That's, to, that's part of, I think, this larger idea of like the education. Right. We've educated ourselves as to, I, I, was, I was doing this, um, was doing this uh, peer-led group at Harvardwood when I first got here. Um, oh, look at this. I know. Yeah, you see what I'm talking about? Even he, did you hear him? Did you hear him say Harvard Wood? Did you hear it? I didn't say it like that. But I, but I was doing he got a British there, accent all of a sudden. There are these peer led <laughs> modules, and I was, and I led, I think, two of them, and mm-hmm. I was in others that I didn't lead. But I remember once, and I don't remember who it was, but one of the young guys, he had just come out of, just come out of school, mm-hmm. and <clears> he was watching at the time, we started talking about the new adventures of old Christine. Right. Which was I on the air at the show. time, right? I Great love show. show. Love that mm-hmm. show. Anyway, so he said to me one day, he said, I can't believe I'm really interested week to week in this older woman's story. Hmm. And I was like, what? Like my brain exploded. <laughs> but to him, it was perfectly natural for him to be because he's been given this opportunity right. to be in a space where all he, all he was seeing mm-hmm. was his own experience. Right. You know, show with young person after show with young mm-hmm. white person after show with young right. white person, and then suddenly young white male person, and then suddenly he had to change his perception. Mm-hmm. So we've been spending our entire lives, decades on the planet, you know, reading this larger culture and figuring like out how to lean that. into yeah, it. Yeah, that's good. Well, that's good. Yeah. Look, look, that's a fascinating 
encapsulation of I think what really you have to do to, mm-hmm. if you, you can be in this just to work in this town. I mean, for me, it's interesting. It's like even as a kid, I didn't like kid stuff. I was mm-hmm. always into kind of stuff that was like. I would I would just say older, but just like different. Except for comedy, you know. Right? I mean, like, I just like I, I just I just like different stuff. So for this guy to say, "Hey, I don't really like," mm-hmm. or I'm can't believe I can't find the interest in the this mm-hmm. older woman's life. I was to me that'd be like you know. I, I remember when I was like 19, I was reading Brothers Karamazov, and I was like, "Why do I find?" 19th century Russian literature interesting. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> I right. really shouldn't. Uh-huh. I'm 19 and I'm black. I right. really shouldn't. Yeah. But I did because I was like, fuck these people. Right. What mm-hmm. they're going through is so interesting and it's so different than anything that I can experience. And because of that, it seems it seems novel to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas what's around me doesn't seem novel. And therefore I'm like, why... Like spend a lot of energy on it because it's not mm-hmm. really feeding anything. It's making me go, oh shit! Did you know? Did you know? Mm-hmm. So, but uh, but you're right. I mean, I th- I think being black, you really have to kind of just say to yourself, if you want to to really be cool about it, is stretch your wings like everywhere. Right. You yeah. know, it's kind of yeah. like that. Kind of like that. Um, you know, I, I made this comment. <clears throat> I said it on the, when we were doing the writer's guild thing. I said. To me, one of the crimes that about science fiction as a genre is that black people don't embrace it more. Mm-hmm. And, and I kind of mm-hmm. feel like, do you realize that all your hatred and frustrations about being oppressed and stuff like that, you can say right. without coming across as being the angry black man or right. the angry black woman in science fiction yeah. and be lauded as a fucking hero. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You just got to like disguise it in a way. And right. then if it's disguised yep. in a slight way, mm-hmm. all of a sudden everyone's like, Oh shit. Oh shit. Like yeah. I mentioned, there was this really fantastic comic, which I'll see if I can link and put in the show notes mm-hmm. where this <coughs> astronaut goes to this planet and there's this like, really great there's movie. this astronaut this goes to this fine. planet and there's like, there's these orange aliens and there's ones that look just like them are yellow. Mm. And there's just all this kind of strife, social strife among them. And there's, and the yellow ones are less, but they're, they're like oppressing them. And the, mm. the, the, the orange and stuff like that. And it's just under, and the, and the, the, the astronaut guy, you tell his humanoid is like, I can't believe these people are so caught up on this bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is basically what he says, and 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 this was done in the fifties. And mm. then he gets in his his ship, something like six page six page time, and he flies off. Mm. And the last panel is he's taking his mask off, and it's a black man. Mm. And wow. you're like, That's wow, fucking wow, bad days, wow. And That's I was like, shit. Yeah. You know, it's, this great. is like telling you like racism is such is you know it's, <laughs> it, it, it's one of the things I say this all the time. Um, people. But there's so many black people I know who haven't seen Blade Runner. Uh-huh. It's a very mm-hmm. difficult movie in general for a, lot of, for a lot of people to watch. And then some people always say, oh, the best version is like the version that doesn't have the voiceover. But I say no. The voiceover... I is, agree. Okay, the, the no, vo- I mean, I agree with you. Yeah. Yes. The, but there's a great line mm-hmm. as a black person mm-hmm. that is really interesting about that movie that's only said in the voiceover. When Harrison Ford first goes to see his captain, Russell Zeminis says, I need you to come back in the thing. He describes him as he's the type of, of man in, in history books who called black men niggers. Mm. And it's letting you know that wow. it's not set anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. We're at the point in the planet where they don't call black men niggers anymore because right. you can see they remark upon it that right. way. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's such a really great, touch of that yeah, line that's, cool. that's missing from mm-hmm. you take that out and, I was, right. and, it, and it makes me as a black person when I watch that when I watch that movie 
I'm like, oh, so yeah, it's 2019, which was 2019. <laughs> when it came out, you just Jesus like, wow. that's a, oh, 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 so 1982, can we get there in 40 mm-hmm. years? Can mm-hmm. we? Is that possible? Mm-hmm. You know? No. But <laughs> no, it's not. But it just right. makes, but there's always that, there's that wish fulfillment of, of, of what could be this inside fiction. Right. And that's just, but that's the thing that, back to your point about we're black, we know these things. Mm-hmm. How do we kind of like, yeah. You know, make our life right uh, easier because there's mm. there's a bunch of roadblocks. Yeah, you know that we have to kind of like you know we we get to jump over. Yeah. So so how do we do it the best way? Well, I, I don't know about. I mean, uh, it's tough. The whole thing about making your life easier. I do think that I do think that the 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 large solution that I'm really interested in for all of us is to continue to write stuff from that space of those questions that we don't see other people answering. So, you know, so if you, so, you know, you write the, the movie of that comic book or you write your own version of that thing and you put this thing out into the world where people get to, you know, begin to talk about something in a way they hadn't talked about it before. Like, I think, I think that ultimately potentially makes things easier Yeah, for us. Well, right? Of course. Just yeah. having more stories in the narrative that are diverse and specific and not, you know, not general, not like super sunny, but just like real and interesting, intriguing mm-hmm. in, in, in a way that we haven't seen before. And I feel like that's one of the things that's super exciting to me about the moment that we're in. Because, the you know, shows <laughs> like, particularly like Atlanta, are, are doing this, you know, yeah, are right. giving this, are having this sort of interesting and odd you know, very odd, very yes. odd, like, you know, black <laughs> narrative, like, yeah, season two was like, <laughs> blew my mind, yeah. but super fun to see that because right. that's, you know, that becomes part of what then people are <clears throat> realizing is part of the world, right. you know? And I think that's what, that's the thing we can do as artists is that we can just continue to create that sort of weird, you know, whatever it is, sci-fi mm-hmm. or you know, slightly horrific, or you know, you look at Get Out, you look at mm-hmm. you know, this new one, Us coming up, Us, uh, but, but, but trailer, but freaking me. But this was interesting about the season two of Atlanta is that what I enjoy about that space is it's inspiring to people in a way. I actually felt more like Black Mirror to me this whole season. Yeah, it was right. just That's weird. Well, like, yeah. you know like, I mean? but but the, but to see the fact that that someone black can do yes. storytelling yes, that right. is not this kind of poverty porn or right. whatever the yes, fuck it right. is right. that is inspiring. They're all like standalone episodes, it, 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 it's crazy. Because you know, to me, it's like there was a movie. What the fuck is this movie? It came out like maybe twenty years ago. Um, being John Malkovich, oh, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So when Being right. John Malkovich mm-hmm. came out, it kind of like fucked everyone's oh, head. Yeah. Like Jesus Christ, like you, you can have make to a watch movie it like three this. times to get the <laughs> right. whole. Thing but it's mean, like yeah. you can make a movie like this, right? Right. right. And it kind of yes. opened up. And if you look at the way kind of films, like, if you look at those avant-garde films that have come out since then, mm-hmm. there's just a type of movie that kind of comes out that it's like this wouldn't have been available if someone had said we could do John Malkovich. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I that's feel right. that that's what we could. That's what we should be able to see. Yes. Next five to ten years, mm-hmm. we can come back and look at, okay, so what were the films that came out right. post-Atlanta? Well, it's you interesting know? you bring up Atlanta, because I believe, and I'm starting to get them across my desk, people are starting to take more risks. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, with sure. half-hour, like, dramas. Mm-hmm. You know, matter of fact, I've been hired to write a couple of them. Mm-hmm. So it's been mm-hmm. working like that, that yeah. that's where they're going. Yes. Um, well, while we still have you, let's, because you've been on some cool shows, so I don't want to miss all that. Okay, cool. So let's mm-hmm. just talk about, like, how you got... 
you know, like your web series and how right. that opened some doors for you yes. and, and stuff like that. Um, I know we're doing a big jump for you. Yeah, no, no, fair, <laughs> fair enough. We'll have you back and we'll just I'll, yip I'll speak really fast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so just, just briefly. So I moved to LA in 2010 mm-hmm. and, and before I moved to LA, I was, I'd gotten an agent in New York after playwriting school mm-hmm. and I would come out to LA and I'd take like 15 meetings in a week. And it was like, whoa, this is so cool. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I moved out here and nothing happened. It's like a whole year. Right. Like I think I had one meeting that year, and it was right. with somebody I knew. It was just <laughs> and you bad. set it up. Look, I set it up exactly. Welcome That's to exactly Hollywood. Right. What's your dream? Yes. <laughs> so um, you know, and I moved out here with an agent and manager. So I was grateful for that. And right. my manager said to me at one point, "You know, you should apply for these diversity programs." Mm-hmm. And at first, I was like, "What? <laughs> I move out here for no internship? <laughs> what are you talking about?" <laughs> But then, you if know, you don't know, now you know, <laughs> <laughs> then a couple of days later, I'm sitting there going, okay, I'm not really doing anything. Well exactly. you know? So I applied and I got into the CBS program. Mm-hmm. Uh, so did I, you wrote a spec, you wrote a pilot. I wrote a, I, I submitted a play of mine and I wrote a nurse Jackie spec oh, and I wrote I a nurse Jackie because I didn't have a lot of time for the Love deadline. And I was like, uh, I need something to 30 I minutes. Right. 30 minutes. <laughs> exactly. I can binge watch all of the, you know, right, right, right. uh, but right. I also, but the, you know, the other part of the story is I applied to all the other programs. And I didn't get into any right. of them. Right. You know, I applied to ABC for the fifth time and mm-hmm. I applied to Warner brothers and I applied to NBC and I didn't get into anything but CBS and CBS, you know, and we can talk a lot more about this, but CBS mm-hmm. really changed the way I started to understand the business and understand mm-hmm. how to take meetings. Okay. And it's something that, Is that know, Jen Grisanti name over there? Who's over there? Uh, no, that's Carol Kirshner. Oh, Carol. Well, Jen is beat, over at NBC. You can't beat, yeah, you Carol. Can't beat Carol. Yeah. Carol. Carol's amazing. <clears throat> yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and so I learned a ton about how to take meetings, how to research stuff, like right. what they're looking for. Uh, and you know, cause I used to go in with my, sh- with my kid show personality. I'd just mm-hmm. be like, Hey, how you doing? And I, n- n- no, like crickets. <laughs> but once I learned how to do it, you know, then I started getting bites and then my agent and manager were sending me out. And so the first show that I got on, which, uh, was shortly after the CBS program ended was covert affairs. Mm-hmm. So I was on covert affairs oh, okay. on the USA network for two seasons and, uh, learned a ton. My first writer's mm-hmm. room it was just like, my brain was exploding. Got to write a couple of scripts and uh, and then left that show, and then I had this like drought. Hmm. Then I was just like, nothing was happening again, right. you know. And I took a lot of meetings, and mm-hmm. you know, my reps did a good job. They got me out there, and and I just wasn't. Nobody was biting, mm. and so I had taken a. I had been working with this mentor guy, um, a, a guy named. That's Mark, what we call them, guys. Mentor guys. mentor guys. <laughs> a guy named Mark Zickery who was teaching this course. And oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's done a lot of sci-fi stuff. He actually wrote the book The Twilight Zone Companion and mm, you know, okay. a ton of other shows. Uh, but anyway, he he teaches this class with his wife, who's also a director and writer and stuff. And they said to me one day, you know, if you want to r- run a show, mm-hmm. if your ultimate goal is to be a showrunner, create a show and run it. Like, make a web series. Right. And run it. Like, Prove to yourself. Be your you own be, boss. Exactly. Okay. Prove to yourself you could do it. Prove yes. to other people you could do it. Love and it. do it. Love it. And I was like, oh, what a good idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, and so then I went about, um, you know, creating this web series. Uh, How did you come up with that idea? Tell people what it's called. Yeah. So it's it? called Send Me. And it's on YouTube now. You can find it if you go to, if you search on YouTube. Search Actually, Send Me Web I Series. It just occurred to me. Your show could be like, it could fit as an episode of like Black Mirror. Uh, it's sure it's out there. Yes. You know what I mean? Just it the whole premise is big. Yes. It's so a great premise. Go ahead, go ahead. It's a big premise <clears throat> right for TV. Mm-hmm. And that's all I'm going to say. Link in the show notes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. Uh, anyway, so send me is about a, a black woman who has the power to send black people back in time to the days of slavery. Mm-hmm. 
this has been passed down by you know through the generations in her family. She's obligated to do it, and her husband doesn't want her to do it. And uh, she basically decides that, and we sort of see this in the show that that she uh, people basically she puts out this ad, this anonymous ad, and people can apply to go, and people want to go, like black people want to go. In the same way. Let me just let me just prep this for the white folks. <laughs> <laughs> let me just say. Let me just say this. Most black people at least talk about that they would like for instance, there was that last show that just came out and they were going back in time, they had the black guy, and everybody's like, Ain't no brothers going oh, back in yeah, time. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to go into the future. We don't want to go back because it was negative for us. Yes. So the so fact that was, that's that's why yeah. the flip that you did yes. was like some people want to see some shit though. That's right. You so, know what I mean? So so the way, I mean we talk about we talk about this in other areas of American life that we sort of don't even right. clock. Right. Like the way people want to climb mountains jump out of airplanes, do dangerous drugs. Right. None of that is necessarily life-affirming. That's a really good But people good point. are like, yeah, sign me up. That's right? a really and good that's point. The, that's the way that these people who are interested mm-hmm. approach it. They want to learn about their history. Right. They want to see how tough they are. They might have a terminal illness. I don't need to be that tough. You know? I don't need a whip hitting <laughs> okay, my maybe back you because don't. I, you know. But then, you know, then there are people who say, oh, I want to I want to witness those people who, you know, who made it through. And maybe I'll learn something about survival. Or maybe I can't I'll, remember. Was there a guarantee you came back? There's no guarantee. You basically have a pill that gets mm-hmm. you there, and another pill and that can bring you back. You could lose the pill. You Ooh, could get attacked. Shit. You could be killed. You could be whipped. You get could, your hands any, cut. Any off. number of things could happen to you. But anyway, so this was the, my idea for right. the, for the Sorry, web series. Netflix, y'all fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you may you may still have your chance. Okay, Netflix, good. But. <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, so I I created this idea first. I was thinking about it, and I wrote it as a short story because mm-hmm. my, my agent and manager wanted another writing sample, and they were like, a short story is okay. So I wrote a 10-page short story, and I got all this attention. Yeah. I got all mm-hmm. these meetings and stuff, and somebody wanted me to pitch something, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then, I, then when that sort of died down, I went back, and I, and I wrote this script. It's, like, it's, it's uh, 17 parts. So the, in the web series, there are 11 of there are 11 interviews, which mm-hmm. are people speaking directly to the camera about why back. they want to go. Oh, why they want to go. Right. So they're I got to see this, man. Yeah, yeah, you got to see this. You got to watch this. And he's, then, he's one of them. Yeah, it? I'm in it. And <laughs> then, uh, and then the, the last six pieces are these narrative episodes. Some of those people. Tracy we, Toms. Tracy Toms is the lead. That's my girl right there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> she's amazing. Tracy Toms is the lead. She plays the woman who has the power. I play her husband who doesn't want her to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we find out like who gets selected to go among some of the people that we've seen. And there's another mystery. Another uh, person has gone back in time who hasn't come back and mm-hmm. all this stuff. So, um, yeah, so that all plays out. And the whole first season is only 40 minutes. Right. Uh, and you can watch back to back. And I wrote it out. And then I thought, I read this amazing book called Crowdfunding for Filmmakers, mm-hmm. which I wholeheartedly recommend. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I crowdfunded. I'd never crowdfunded before. We ended up raising... Did you shoot something to crowdfund? What would you do? We we shot a tiny a tiny trailer on mm-hmm. cell phone stuff okay. as a as a little something. Right. Uh, I and I do you know I mean it's a whole and you thing. keep it really simple just you know super simple right. right. Most of the web series takes place in the twenty first century, right. so that was sort of a production thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, let's really make it about the modern people. Right. Uh, and then I, I, uh, oh, I want to see some whips and some, <laughs> some, some goodbye, Uncle Tom. Yeah, well, you know, a little, little bit of that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I, I, I sort of, I'm a, I'm a big doing it by the book guy. Mm-hmm. So I had, um, 
I had low budget agreements from the, the WGA for me, mm-hmm. for SAG, for all my actors. Everybody had a deal memo, simple deal memo, even if you were a production assistant. Uh, we ended up paying everybody, even our production That's assistants got like a hundred dollars. Way to do it! And uh, you know, we formed an LLC. We did this whole crowdfunding thing mm-hmm. over the course of a month. Um, you know, the whole series cost about fifty thousand uh, dollars. I did my own marketing. It was mm-hmm. an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. And then, as a result of that, uh, there were a whole bunch of things. It's so, so it's it's such a longer story. But the bottom line is, sucker like went viral. <laughs> it kind it kind of went viral, and I didn't. I, I, right before. And then we shot it, and then it was like I, I had to. We had to edit it, and then I didn't have money, and then there was a pause, right. and then we edited it, and then I wasn't sure what I was going to do for a premiere. Hmm. And this is one of the things. This is one of the big things that I guess you know to me is really the thing. You know, I sort of really have this. I really think of all these things sort of in a spiritual way. Okay. So I was just going around telling people I didn't really know, like, I don't know how I'm going to premiere this thing or where it's going to, do you have an idea? Put it out there. Right. And there was a woman I knew who I had met. She's now a good friend of mine. I had met her uh, judging this contest. Mm -hmm. And she said, I have a friend who has a space and you should talk to her. So I went to talk to the friend for the space. And that friend had also been judging the same contest. So I sort of knew her. And she, we had a trailer at the time that we had edited and she said, I have a friend who you should talk to who might have some marketing ideas for you. Hmm. I was like, all right. So I'm emailing, playing telephone tag with this guy. Finally, we get on the phone. And I'm like, okay, you know, she says you'll have marketing ideas for me. He was like, I don't have any marketing ideas for you. <laughs> but I work for Viacom, and I think you should premiere your series on BET.com. What? And I was like, what? Yeah. I wasn't even trying mm-hmm. for that. So we premiered. It on wasn't BT. even out yet. It wasn't right. It wasn't even wow. out yet. So we premiered on BT.com. dot com. It's dope. Yeah. yeah. In uh, in February twenty sixteen, Black History Month, we got one point six six million views in the month of February. Wow. See, that's crazy because that unbelievable because that was a movie. That would have been a ten million dollar opening. <laughs> exactly. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Right. So and that you know uh, Tracy Toms uh, ended up getting an Emmy nomination mm-hmm. for her work. That's as crazy. The lead. Wow. It was an amazing year, and it you know it it led directly to my job on uh, John Ridley's series American Crime. Yeah, so let's talk a little so, bit about that. Yeah, what was that like for you? Wow, that was John. He John is really he's because you guys are working on some shit now. I know you can't talk about yeah, it. Yeah, you know right. I, mean. I can't talk about it. But yes, yeah, so he and I are still working together, which is all part of this amazing you know mm-hmm. sort of serendipity, like the way the universe works. Right. So none of this would be happening if I hadn't done you know if I hadn't created this thing. That then sort of opened doors. And I guess, you know, to me, because I was hearing you guys talk about this whole, you know, to me, like networking is such a huge thing. Mm. And I had met with him for season one of American Crime and I didn't get hired. Mm. And then season two was coming around and I thought I was going to get a meeting and then nothing happened. Mm. And then season for coming up to season three, I had both the web series and I'd written a pilot. And uh, and I. You know, such an interesting story. So, I, so, so your reps were using the web series. So my reps were my reps were using the web series. Although I was trying to get the web series expanded in the web okay. space, right. and that was harder. Like nobody really believed in that. Hmm. I was like, can't we just go to the digital agent yeah. at my agency yeah. and blah blah blah? Nobody was excited. Yeah. People were like, yeah, not really. <laughs> you know, and I was just like, okay. You know, <laughs> but we, see, but, but we tried but again I, and again. I think the one thing on that though was this. One of the things that I've learned is is that. Depending on what agency you're at, I don't know where you are, I'm not going to ask you, but I know this is the case a lot of times, it's hard to jump 
it's hard to jump platforms at the agency because if you're like a TV writer, mm. and, and unless you're like some big, big TV writer, to jump into features is hard because they got to get a feature agent to to to, to get on with you, mm-hmm. and the feature agent is not like he didn't discover you, right? Yeah, you know, he's just is like being told, "Hey, work with this guy." Yeah, and so his or her. You know, enthusiasm for you is never nearly as strong as it would be if she yeah. or she finds your stuff. Right. I, yeah, I get that. But I kind of <laughs> feel like, but shit, you fucking a, a million views on BET. I know, right? I, I'd have been like, motherfuckers, you know what? <laughs> yeah, we have an audience. There's another right, agency yeah. that yeah. will handle yeah. this shit, right. and yeah. y'all getting none of the money. Well, you know, I mean, ultimately, I think to me again, like the spiritual lesson is like find your peeps. Like mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like people, I know so many people, you know, I coach writers and work with people mm-hmm. and there are a lot of people who are just banging their head against the wall and being like, why this, why? And he's right. like, there's somebody else who's going to love you. So somebody. why are you like crying in front right. of this person? You when just gotta have, you just right, gotta find you gotta keep on moving yeah. down the line. Right. You know? and, and just, I was going to say, and just like it happened with you where somebody sent you to somebody, they sent you to somebody, then they sent right. you to somebody. It's the same thing. It, the right. script may not be good for you, but you love it. That's so you right. like, it, it's not for me, but my dude over there at such and such right. company might enjoy it. this. That's well, right. See, so that's okay, how it happened. Okay. That's the thing that I just want to get on this for a second. That's the thing that I think a lot of people kind of don't catch right. is that, uh, did we talk about this about mandates? I don't know if we oh, were talking we about, talk about this. Mandates. mandates all the time. But it's like, you know, but there's places that have mandates. Right. And, and so your script needs to be so fucking good because it's, it's got to be good enough. People are going to recommend it. Right. Mm-hmm. That's how good it's going to be. Yeah. Because like if, if it comes to some company and they just can't do this right now. She, the thing is that I, that I realized about it is that executives don't get anything out of the work. Mm-hmm. They get shit out of, you know, <clears throat> turning other people on, like building favors mm-hmm. or working with somebody big, yeah. mm-hmm. which means that if your material is good enough for them to recommend, that is, is something good for them. Right. And that's kind of like saying the whole thing about what's in it for you person. Right. You know, like right. you, play, you play that game yes. and you get things to work. But I think also part of the trick is that whatever, this is why I always go back to like what's in your heart. Because mm-hmm. if I write something that's from my heart that I love, then I believe firmly that somebody's going to love it. Yeah. Now, maybe not, you know, I feel like the premise that you set out is sort of suggests, and I think this is a trap for a lot of us, <clears throat> that everybody's going to dig it. No. Right? You right. know, there are people who don't like The Godfather. Right. You know, there are people who don't like all these things that are supposed to be Blast like the classic, me. most amazing <laughs> things. So, so that's going to happen with my work, too. Some Absolutely. people will be like, I love this thing, or... Some people are going to be right. like, you That's probably terrible. got some negative responses. Of I'm course, right. Yeah, yeah. right, absolutely. And so I feel like it's really, it really Fine, just I wrote it. Like, I wrote it. I'm right, it really <laughs> just becomes about like finding your peeps. Like there's right. somebody out there or mm. several people who are really going to dig it and dig you, but not everybody's going to really dig it and dig you. Right. Um, you got to you got to lean into that too. You got to know that that is the you got to trust it. You to, really because, do. But but see, to me. And I'm not saying it's with everybody, but that is the thing that I love about being in my 40s now is that I feel like where I was in my 30s, I was I was more sensitive. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And now that I'm in my 40s, it's like shit just bumps off me. Right. I'm like, whatever. Whatever. I got Something FOMO things coming. I'm working on. But see, I don't have time to dwell. Right. You know? but, but I think that's also kind of a function of where we are with the outlets of what we could look at. Right. Because, you know, we grow up. You grew up at a time when The Godfather was this revered movie. It's mm-hmm. still a revered movie, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's very hard to find people who don't like it. Right. But some people you can find do. them, right? And the thing it's is, too long for people. Now. You know, this, right. it's too, it's too, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy because I remember watching Godfather two the other day, and uh-huh. it, and I'm next time I looked up and an hour had gone by. I was like, really? Because it's so it was so fascinating, so gripping. But I kind of feel like now we're in an age where 
you don't need to have 13 million viewers on anything. Right. Mm-hmm. And that means that there are some who's going to like what you do. Right. And right. that, and this open and there's so many different outlets now. And, you know, uh, and, and the desire for the mass communication right. is almost impossible. Right. You know, yes. so don't try to be that mass communicator and, unless you just have to be really good at that. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. very few people who have to be really good at that. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, is that people don't have to make decisions now on, well, we got to get, you know, the, unless you're making a big movie, a hundred million dollar movie, we have to get everybody in here. Right. If you make a TV show, you don't have to do that. You don't have you, to you do get that. 500,000 viewers yeah. and be on the air, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's right. And that's maybe 500,000 worldwide. Right. So that's yeah. nothing. Right. Yeah. So, so. American crime. American crime. So, what was after that? Um, well, I got I got to tell you the story. Oh, about oh really, really, yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, just, I didn't mean to jump. So no, no, it's all right, yeah. it's all right, it's all right. There's a lot of territory. Yeah, so yeah. I get it. Um, no, it, it was <clears> it was not dissimilar to that. Like, talk to this person, talk to this person. So, I had a meeting, I had a strategy meeting with my agent and manager mm-hmm. at the agency, and which I, you should do at least once a year, by the way. Right, it's a good <laughs> idea. And I went in, and we had had this back and forth on email. And I went in, and I'm sitting in the lobby waiting for this meeting to happen. And the assistant comes down and mm-hmm. was like, "What are you doing here?" I was like, I, uh, <laughs> "We have a meeting." You know? And she that said, "Oh hilarious. no, it's it's a phone meeting." Like <gasps> no. I, you know, because originally it was a, in, on email, it was a regular meeting, and then right. they changed it to a phone meeting. And she's like, I'm, "But here's the thing that's so brilliant this this woman who was the assistant mm-hmm. is now my agent." Oh really? She so moved this, up. This is how she. This moved is why out. you got to be nice, bitch. This like. is how she moved <laughs> up. This is amazing. So she said, she just like did this whole customer service thing, and she was like, "It's my fault. Mm. I'm so sorry. I'm going to make it up to you." She was like, your agent's not here, but come on up to the office. We'll see if we can, let's see, I'll introduce you to some other people. Let's see mm-hmm. if we can have this meeting. You can be here on the phone. He's homesick. We don't have, we can just pretend that like you are home and let's just That's, come on up. Right. I like her. So, right. Right. Yeah, okay. So I went upstairs. I was also about to teach this class at this, at the UCLA extension school on, um, that was basically on coverage. I hadn't mm-hmm. done, I hadn't done a lot of coverage. Mm-hmm. So she was like, let me get our coverage person. She'll come up here and get, I was there for an hour and a half. Like I was really? meeting all these people and it was amazing. Yeah. So the very next day I go home, we ended up not having that meeting cause my agent was too sick, but I, I I'm at home the very next day, which was, mm. that was a Wednesday. This was a Thursday and the phone rings and it's this assistant. Mm. And she's like, John Ridley is having a party tonight for the black clients here. And I think you ought to go. What? Right. And so she's calling me all like right. in the spirit of like making this. <laughs> I was like, Oh, Okay. So she's like, okay, I'll send you the information. Blah, blah. Right. So I'm going to this thing, and <laughs> you better go, bitch. <laughs> right, you better go. So I go to this thing. Stop what you're doing. <laughs> exactly. And I didn't have any time to get nervous about it, mm-hmm. you know, because it was like in a couple of hours. I should have put on some clothes, right. went there. I I knew all these people. I didn't expect to like know a bunch of writers there. I knew mm-hmm. all these writers, and I run into this woman as I walk in, who was a big fan of my web series, who comes in and says to me, she was like, oh, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, I'm personal friends with John Ridley and his wife. Like, I hmm. want to make sure you... I was like, what? So I talked to her. Universe, and, sometime the universe, the universe, universe is just done. doing all this stuff, it. right? That's your spiritual part you're talking right, about. Right, exactly. Yes. Yes. Meanwhile, because there's book crowdfunding for filmmakers, I had a card for my web series. So mm-hmm. like, not only would I tell people, but I'd be like, here's the card, the website's right. on the back, blah, yeah. blah, blah, right? So I go around, I'm talking to people. At some point, maybe an hour in, I start, I, I meet my friend again, and we're standing next to this woman. We, I, she's like, tell her about the web series. I'm telling her about the web series. I hand her a card. And somehow, during that conversation, I realize, this is John Ridley's wife oh, that I'm handing That's this cute. card to. Mm-hmm. right? And she's like, yeah, I'm really going to watch it. Sounds really interesting. Yeah. 
So then right. another, we, all, we have all heard that. We've all heard that. <laughs> exactly. Right. So then another hour goes by and I'm getting ready to leave and mm-hmm. I see John Ridley and I'm just going to go up and say hi because mm-hmm. I met him two years ago and so mm-hmm. I'm sure he doesn't remember me. So I go up to him and, and then my friend swoops around again and she does like redoes this introduction. She leaves and I said to him, look, I just want to tell you like how great it was to mm-hmm. like, you were such a human being. We had a really good conversation. I'm mm-hmm. sure you don't remember, but it's like, yeah, that's what, that's what I try to do. You know? <laughs> so him. And then, uh, and then I mentioned the web series, and he was like, your web series sounds really interesting. And I was able to say, well, your wife has the card. Oh, good, yeah. You know, and he was like, oh, definitely watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you don't have to be like, well, here's your card, I know, too. right? Here's, right. Yeah. So that was it. Hmm. Two days later, I get a call from my people. You're going to get an offer on American Crime. Really? And yeah, and I went you in. You didn't have to send another script or not? Well, they, I had a pilot that, the, that his producing partner had seen, okay. and I went in and met with them, actually. Okay. I think it was maybe a the next day mm-hmm. and then and then it was like you're going to get an offer awesome and that was you know again like I, none of that would have happened i think if i hadn't gone in for the mistaken meeting that wasn't a meeting right. and then this woman was you know what i mean it was yep. all and then i had the yep. card and, mm-hmm. and then i had the friend who knew that you know it was all Al- of that you, you had the ally that's right you need and that it was ally. Just like the universe stacked that up in a way that i couldn't have wrestled right. around interesting so it was yeah it was amazing and that room was a blast <clears throat> that room was a blast Some smart motherfuckers in that room super smart Shit. The second day, he rolls out this Excel spreadsheet with the entire season. He's like, here's what we're doing. And he's like, he basically just wanted us to fill in the gaps. He's like, there's some stuff I don't know here. I mm-hmm. don't know this here. We're going to do some research. We're going to have some guest speakers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, guest you know, speakers? What are, what guest speakers talking? came in like the, that particular season, people? season three of American Crime. And it was all about, there was human trafficking mm-hmm. and there was immigration stuff. Uh, and so, um, need some experts to talk about those issues yeah. and how those issues might sort of, right. you know, fit in. Yeah. yeah I just was, yeah. so, yeah. So we, he was also doing this other show, uh, his showtime piece, um, gorilla, oh, gorilla yeah. mm-hmm. at the, like at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, cause he's so super busy. Right. So our writer's room was literally, we were in the room for four weeks. Really? The end of get, you get to the end of the, he took us with him to pitch the season to the network in the second week. Like that same you day. You got to see it. Oh my God. So we oh, sat in the back man. and we just watched. He had this chart and, you know, he's talking about all this stuff that we've been talking about for a week. And I was right. like crying in the back. <laughs> so, so moving. Uh, and the thing I that, the it. thing about him that's so extraordinary is he said, and I really firmly, I just love this so much. He said, in our show, there are no villains. There are only people who are trying to do their best in extremely bad situations. Hmm. And that meant that everybody, you know, we were <laughs> leaning into everybody, like mm-hmm. from a real character perspective. And it just, you know, it was really super powerful. So that same day that he pitched the network, he assigned scripts to each of us. Mm -hmm. And most of us in that room were playwrights. And he said, look, you know what I want. You have the eight bullet points of what I want. I really want to see your version of this. What? I really want to see your version. What? Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, and see, then, now I really want to work with my man. Oh, it's amazing. That's cool. That's we got cool. to the end of the next week, and he was like, "Yeah, I got to go to London." And uh, <laughs> you know, he he also like loved these really short days, which will never happen again in my career. But he, you know, we'd get we'd be and at ten, we'd get to like three o'clock, and he'd be like. You know, because he used to, the other thing that people don't know about him is... He'd be like, you know what? Snow day. <laughs> he he started his career in comedy. So he mm-hmm. was on Fresh Prince and the yes, Wanda Sykes show. And long so hours. he's incredibly funny. Right. And he would get to the, like, get to like three o'clock and be like, you know what? I'm a little tired of this. Let's wow. go home. You know, be like, what? And so... It For was, the audience it out there, dream. it ain't that gonna never happen. Happens. It ain't gonna happen. Yeah. It's funny. The thing about John is that um, he's so... He's so prolific. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm trying to think who was telling me. 
think it was Janine. Janine mm-hmm. Sherman was telling me one time. Mm-hmm. I think they worked together on Third Third Watch. Third Watch. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, She's like, how do you write so fast? Like, how do you do it? Mm-hmm. And he was like, um, I don't write the, I do like a sketch for the scene directions hmm. and mm. just do the dialogue. Mm. Oh, okay. And then I'll come back. Yeah. Because the dialogue is kind of the hardest thing to write. So that that's big the most. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The dialogue is the hardest thing to, right. to yeah, write. Right. You know, the screen directions could be anything, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and it's a different brain to make that stuff work, right. you know? He is absolutely a minimalist. <laughs> like his, you know, outlines for Covert Affairs and outlines for the show that I was just on, this TNT mm-hmm. show, were like 15 pages. Mm-hmm. Outlines for John are like seven pages. What? He's like, keep it short. Keep and, it short. and his thing was kind of like, keep it short because we don't want the executives to have that much to, you know, But see, that's when, that's when we get worried because then they're like, it's exactly. not enough. But for but him, he's like, just like, because... But, the yeah, but, he's, also, him. but he's, he's also him. Also but, him. But, and he has an yeah. Oscar. He can get right. motherfucking Oscar right. and deliver. Right. 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 You got to trust the brother. That's right. You know, I mean, this, other, this yeah. is just the bullet for the blueprints. And, right? and even though it was ABC and they put um, act breaks into the show... He got permission from the network that we didn't have to write act breaks. Really? So our sh- our scripts were like cable scripts, just straight on through, and, and they would break them up, but randomly. Did you guys have to do a story area? Or you go right no, to outline. No, we go right to yeah, outline. We got to go straight to outline too. Yeah, that was good. straight to outline, yeah. and then the script with right. no act breaks. Interesting. I prefer it without act breaks, but yes, I, I kind of like a good act. I mean, I like I write even in the scripts that I write that right, don't. Like, I write know, them yeah. and then I just erase them. Yes, you know what I mean. But yeah, right. interesting. Yeah, so that was super fun, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and I'm still working with him. So, could um, you've been one of the things I like about you, Steve? Number one, and Chris knows I love people that are consistent, mm-hmm. right? And what I mean is, every time I see you, you're the same motherfucker. Because sometimes people <laughs> right. just be moody, right, right, right. They, or or they got a little success, and now their heads a little blown right. up. You were the same person. Thank you. Every time I mean yeah. that. Every time I see you, you're always like, "Hey, hey, buddy!" Like, like mm. we have this connection yeah, that do. I think is important. Yeah. And and I think you know us being black gay writers, I'm sure we yes. have something there too. Yeah. We both have similar husbands. So we, <laughs> <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so there's a lot going on there, but um, I mean, I think uh, for me, a lot of that comes out of gratitude. <laughs> like, I just feel so. You're I, very I to, humble. I have to say, after after decades of struggling as mm-hmm. an actor, where you get a job as an actor, you know, in TV, mm-hmm. and it's a one day gig, right? You get a job, you get an entry level job in TV on a show. It's twenty weeks. Yeah. It's twenty weeks. Yeah. I'm like, this is the promised land. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even though it's not like doesn't happen all the time, twenty four seven. It's incredibly abundant. Like, and I feel really grateful to be in a space where I think also as an actor, it was hard for me to track a trajectory. Like, I'm doing this regional theater thing, Mm -hmm. then I did this day on Law and Order, then I did this day on the show. No consistency. You know, where am I going? What's the what's the ladder? What's the what's where am I? You know, and at least in TV, you could be like, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, um, staff writer, story editor, Mm -hmm. executive story editor, you know. Et cetera, et cetera. Right. It's amazing. Right. Where are you now? What level are you now? Do you mean yes? I uh, just finished co-producer on, uh, right. on TNT's like uh, Tell Me Your Secrets, which uh, should premiere this summer. That's good. Because so. now I see when we get the emails and they're like, does anybody know a mid-level writer who can <laughs> right. speak exactly. of me like, hey, Hello. <laughs> yes. That's hilarious. That's so. hilarious. So what, what, what else is going on? What you got? Uh, you know, taking, some, you could talk take, about. taking some meetings, mm-hmm. uh, working on a new script. I actually, you know, it's funny you were talking about this whole thing about, you were talking about mm-hmm. how, how we're different every year. Right. I went back and rewrote a pilot of mine okay. over the holidays that I just sent to my people that I feel really good about. And when I read it, 
you know, I'd worked on it three or four years ago, mm-hmm. and when I read it, we were going to send it out for something. I was like, "Oh no, like, what? Oh no, I got a what? What's happening?" You're like, I learned some tricks over the years, <laughs> right? right? So it was really fun to mm-hmm. kind of go back through and be like, right. "Tighten this up. You don't need that much. Let's get a boot." Yeah, Super see, cool. th- th- that's the thing that I, 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 I kind of love about uh, the growth process and the writing is mm-hmm. that you can. If you just going back and and you and you know what you don't need, mm-hmm. it's interesting, you know. Because last night I'm talking with this manager about a project, and I wanted to send him something. I sent it to him, and he goes, "Oh, this is like four pages too long. Mm-hmm. Can you, you know, because it was like sixty three pages. He's mm-hmm. like, can, can you get in like fifty nine? Because some people I know won't read if it's over sixty. I was like, uh, he's like, I was like, yeah, I can do that. I was, uh, yeah, he's like, well, how soon? I was like, I don't know, just give me till Thursday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, you know, and this was kind of late at night, and I told you I was up late, and I said, I'm not going to do it, I'm going to do it first thing in the morning. And I just got up in the morning, and I, and I was going to bed, I was like, in my head, I was already seeing where I could right. squeeze stuff. Yes, mm-hmm. that's I was like, right. I probably wrote this this way, and sometimes when I write action, I, I kind of space it out in yeah, a way. Where can you be leaner at? Yeah, that's right. Leaner. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and then so this morning, you know, I, I had so much shit to do this morning, I, so I said, I'm going to give myself 48 minutes to work on it, and then I got some else. Mm-hmm. And I shaved like two pages off. Right. Like that, yeah. You know, and you know was, when moments you don't need. Yeah, you know, you know I, I was like, oh, this is a good line, but it's yeah, just but a good. It's just, right. it's just, it's filler line. If I need to, if I, right. it's, you it's know, already I, there. I need it's it. in the action. Yeah. It's in the, yeah. yeah, I was just gonna say one little, one little, um, um, just to jump off of what you were saying a minute yeah. ago. Um, and sca- we talk about this a lot on the show. I always talk about if you ever sit and watch me write, if you sit behind me and just glance at my computer, I have the script up that I'm writing. Mm-hmm. I have the outline to the next thing I'm writing. Mm-hmm. And minimalize is something I wrote five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. So that's why I love what you're talking about yeah. because who I was then isn't who I am now. Right. So if, if it's still something that has legs or it still helps me get assignments or whatever, mm-hmm. I'll go back and just give it like a little twist of yes, right. you know, maybe I do my actions a little bit different now, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And you know, I'm not using ellipses. Maybe I'm using, you know, whatever mm-hmm. the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll just go back and give it the, the feel of today. Yes. And you can feel it when you read it, you right. know, or you know yes. that when you change that word, it yes. made it better. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, that's what's yeah. up. That's yeah, what's really up. Fun. Well, thanks, yeah. Steve. Yeah, it's great to be here. It's really, it's really cool. I'm glad you finally, you know, finally came I know, through. finally came through. I know, waiting all this time. <laughs> but, but he's been busy, which I appreciate. I don't you know appreciate what I mean? anybody's business. So they need to be <laughs> yeah, here when they're asked. <laughs> I'm like, if we can get showrunners in here, can we get his ass in here? That's what's up. That's what's up. Thank you, man. We appreciate having yeah, you. Yeah, sure. it's great. For sure. Where are you at on social media? And you can tell the kids about what you do. Because you, you, one of the things I love about you, Steve, is you also give people tons of game. Yes. You guys should be following Steve on, 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 on Twitter. He, every day you put out something positive yes. for writers. So talk about that. Really yeah. Quick. So actually, the first thing I want to say is that, that, that to me, that's the revolution. Right. Like, there's so much negativity on Twitter. Right. If you want to up your game, like, start being positive on Twitter. People's brains will explode. Right. Uh, so you probably get negative shit from people because you being positive. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I'm like, what? What do you look? I had a thing where I, was, I asked one of my tweets was like, "What are you looking forward to?" And I got this woman who was like, "I'm not looking forward to anything. This is a horrible year." I was like, "Oh no, no, no!" <laughs> not on my feed, right? Not on mine. Uh-huh. Mute. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you can find me a couple of different places. At Harper Creates is uh, is where I tweet about. Uh, I don't know, sort of the industry and sort of life and what I'm up to. And mm-hmm. then at your creative life, actually there's one E missing cause we couldn't fit it all in there. <laughs> it's your create V life. That's uh, there's, there's like more specific writer, hopeful, 
uh, tweets about screenwriting in the industry mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And you can also find me at yourcreativelife.com, uh, which is where I do my uh, writer coaching business. Right. Uh, so yeah, I'm out there and yeah. tweeting and follow me and no, but I love that you do that because I think everybody should be giving back. You yeah. know, me and Lisa started this thing, you know, f- almost five years ago. Amazing. Just to give back. You know, 175,000 right. people listen to the show. It's amazing. crazy. It's amazing. And we hardly promote. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Imagine right. if we really did some shit. Yes, that's right. You know, we could be competing with John and Craig and them, but you know. Yeah. I, I, I haven't learned and I've accepted that, you know, that the audience we have is going to be the audience that we have. And, and, you know, it's pretty much, you know, the, the, the younger minority, you know, pe- mm-hmm. people of color, writers, right. sure. you know, LGBT, whatever. And I'm like, I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. I'm good with that because I don't right. want to change peeps. it. That's right. And we could be ourselves and have conversation with exactly. people who relate to what we're talking about. Yes. You already have John. You already have all those other yes. Pilar. You have all the other podcasts that are just talking about writing. We're like, we need to talk about it from a point of view, though. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah. Anyway. It's great. I'm really glad. Where you at, Chris? This. Thank you, man. Uh, unauthorized <laughs> CBD on Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's it? That's all you got to say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You know what I was going to say? You know, we were talking <clears throat> the other day. Remember I was t- you, know, you, know, you asked me, if, you know, I was telling Hillier that I was, I was, um, I compile all these notes and stuff from people who say cool wisdom on the, on the mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. And the other day I was like, I was going back through the last year just to kind of like put them all in like one place. You know, Hilder was like, Oh, you need to put that together and we should give it together as, as like a Patreon reward. Right. So it's mm-hmm. coming together as, yeah. as, as, as yeah. a Patreon reward. Good. I love so it. Great. So, that's, that's good. Um, by the time I get back, it'll okay. be ready. Good. And from then, the secret trip. Yeah, yeah from the secret trip. Yeah, <laughs> uh, out there messing with them girls and them hooker bras. I see you. And uh, when they get back, it, 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 then we'll, we'll promote that. It'll be up yeah, as, yeah. As, a, as a thing. It, and all, it'll be maybe a bonus thing for people who've already um, um, subscribed. Good. And then uh, everyone else can just get it. That's good. Yeah. I like that. That's cool. what's up. And I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter. I say Twitter like I'm cool. Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) At Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show. Screenwriters RR on Twitter. Any questions? ScreenwritersRantRoom at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, whatever you listen to. Give us a five-star review. We need that for the metrics. If you have any questions, if you guys want to um, you know, ask us anything. We'll we'll st- we need to do more of that shit. We we get a hell of emails and we hardly ever blast. I bet you get a lot. Of <laughs> we do. <laughs> and I, like just like questions, you know, from the from the from the listeners. Oh, you know, oh, like, oh those episodes of people. Oh, yeah, they, we need to do one. We need to do when you come back. We'll do okay. one. We'll do one. Okay. Uh, yeah, because we have enough. Trust me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I get them almost every other day, and I just yeah, yeah. Uh, we love y'all. We appreciate. It. Um, um, oh, please go on, um, our, our Facebook page, you know, uh, uh, join that, you know, follow us there. Um, where else? Patreon. The link is in the show notes. Please subscribe. There'll be that great, um, uh, that sheet, that pearls of wisdom Wisdom. sheet. Pearls of wisdom. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, but that's be, that'll be coming in in about a month. Yeah. About a month. month, Maybe about a month. Um, yeah. And, oh, did you tell them to go to the to iTunes and put to the Matrix thing? To yeah. Give five star review. I did. Yeah. Then all right. Well, then yeah. I was listening. I heard that. <laughs> I was writing. <laughs> the hell shit. That's hilarious. Um, so anyway, um, I'm so glad it's raining outside. I'm not. I got a home in that. I love it. Just I we, love we need rain. it. No, it's important. I, I, I love, love seeing green. You know, green. I just love green. That's my favorite. After that damn fire we just had. I know. You're right. You're right. We need this shit. It is. It's important. Anyway, so we appreciate all you guys out there in all the countries listening to the show. We appreciate y'all. 
Um, little shout out um, for everybody, you know, um, Deadly Class starts yes. tomorrow, tomorrow, January 16th on Sci-Fi Channel after The Magicians. Um, so this will be out probably in a week or so. So, but you know, make sure you tune in. I wrote, I co-wrote episode six. Woo! Check that shit out. It's a badass show, man. It just keeps getting better. Every episode just gets better. Pilot so, was great. Yeah, people, yeah we have fun. Can, yeah, the pilot. I saw the pilot last it week. Out. It was on, yeah. uh, you know, the sci-fi app. Just watched it. It was, it was dope. The mm-hmm. acting's dope. The kids. Uh, the kids. If, if you follow the comic. The kids, the kids are, fucking are really good. Perfect. The kids are really, really I mean, the good. casting is ridiculous. 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 And all, none of the kids you recognize, but just all of a sudden, they all are like superstars. Wow. You know? Anyway, it's funny to watch their Instagram mm-hmm. and to watch it now. Right. And they all are like 400,000, like or whatever. It's like, what the fuck? What? <laughs> they went to Comic-Con and became a superstar in the division. Anyway, we love y'all motherfuckers. Um, so we're going to have some of them on the show. I talked to a couple of them. Cool. Yeah. Oh, great. All right. So with that, Y'all know Sia. how we do it on the rant room. Hmm? Are you Sia I'm going to try. She's a little more difficult because she's becoming like a superstar now. She had that new movie on Netflix. That's oh. out. I forget which one it is. I haven't seen it yet. Um, oh, and uh, who's what's the other girl? But ben, we're going to have Ben on. Ben. He plays Marcus. And Maria. You have Maria on? Um, I'll try. I'll try. I'm going to have Luke. Luke, The guy okay. who plays... Um, um, the green hair dude. Why am I going blank on his yeah, name? Yeah, I forget his name. It's, <laughs> I'm just disassociated. It's been a couple months. <laughs> anyway, Willie. Uh, yeah, so we're going to have him on the show. Anyway, so with that, and and uh, I tried to get Rick. Rick is just busy, because we'll probably have Miles, something like that. Anyway, oh, personally. Yeah, yeah, Miles. And I need to reach out to Mick and see if he wants to do it. Anyway, so with that, y'all know how we do it on the Rant Room. On the show, we keep it really good drawing with us. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? 2019. 2019. Peace, y'all. I'm going to say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Rant Room So you wanna be a rider, well you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminished and the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed In the Rant Room, we let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd has got no time for no kata Sass in class, yes that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess when you're listening to Hillier He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the Red Room. Red Room. Red Room.